It's a yes bang maximum, the first of this contest. Oh, that is brilliant. It's a hero maximum. On the ground, on the ground, another hero maximum. Welcome back to the Maximum Cricket Podcast. I'm your host, Munter, and this is episode number six, which is appropriate as it's been raining sixes on the final day of the second test between England and New Zealand. I've got Jacko and Lugsy here for a bit of emotional support as we try and figure out what the hell happened after tea on day five. Boys, before we talk about day five, how are we feeling going into the day? Confident? Nervous? Oh, it was just one of those ones. It was sort of... We spoke about it that New Zealand's third innings was always going to be the tricky one and we sort of did have one of those just niggly third innings collapses where it looked like anyone that got in was going to score big and then none of us did in that innings there. So sort of it was a bit nervy. We sort of saw that they'd made uh they'd made Nottingham they'd made it sort of free entry on the Friday and, and me and Crom sort of spoke. They got the nerves up again, another layer. We've got a packed crowd, so yeah, there was that little sense in the belly that something was going to go on on day five. And, yeah, I mean, woke up. First thing I saw was Johnny Bairstow, man of the match. I was like, oh, well, we're lost somehow. <laughs> I was like, oh, there we go. Like, he did nothing until day five. And suddenly he's man of the match. So I was like, well, there we go. Like, it's all, it was all, the writing was on the wall, really. So, yeah, that, that probably sums me up going into day five and, and how I found out we lost the test, so. Yeah, I would I would say I was actually pretty confident. Um, that's one of the good things, I guess, about supporting this this team at the moment is you are always sort of a little bit confident, whereas sort of growing up, we could be chasing 54 and I'd think we're no chance. Um, <laughs> so it is, it is genuinely fun having a team like that. Even the last test, as I said, I thought on that last day, I was like, we're still a chance here. This team can make things happen. Um, so I was thinking we're a good chance. I think we did speak about it in the... Uh, and the group chat that's fast becoming the, the maximum cricket group chat. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we did sort of talk about this just set, is set up for an England win, isn't it? Their crowd was going to be big. It just kept growing throughout the day with every interview an English player would do is, we're going for it. No matter what, we're going for it. <laughs> and it just, it just really had that sense of like, this was a special day for England cricket. And we were sort of just there to be on the end of it, which, yeah. which was niggly. Um, but Been yeah, I was, uh, yeah, yeah, no, we have a bit. Um, <laughs> so I was actually quietly confident, though, going in. But I think we said it all day is this is set up to be a famous day of English cricket, and we're going to be there, unfortunately. Yeah, I think you, I think you had the nail on the head there, Lugsy. It, it did. I was sort of split between two camps where it was, it was like the old school black caps were seeping through, and yeah. the new school, <laughs> the new school black caps were sort of coming through and I sort of was on one hand I was confident and on the other I was sort of like yeah like you said they had everything built for a win they had the free crowd they had everyone was saying all the right things it just felt like didn't matter how much we set them they were going to check they were at least going to try it it was quite fun even sort of the the wee pre-match they do you get acid and um and NASA were doing the pre-match and you could tell they were so they, they couldn't obviously they had to be kind of neutral but they were so wanting this England <laughs> team to get it done. They want this to be a new era of English cricket, you know? And I mean, the Jameson news came out after day four. Like, we're probably down our most threatening bowl of the series. It just, 
no, every hour that went past, there seemed to be something else popping up that was just leading more and more into this sort of English win, which was, yeah, as we said. I always thought there was like, everything was down to fate at some point. Like there's always these results in, in the history of, of sport where you can't explain it, where everything seems to go a certain way and, and, they need, and it needed to go that way for, and that team needed to win on that day for whatever reason, like you think of, you think of obviously, we hate to say it, but the World Cup, like we, we probably, New Zealand probably deserved to win that game, but for some reason, England needed to win that for God knows how many other reasons. Like I can think of, I can think of like, like the 2011 Rugby World Cup, where we probably, All Blacks probably didn't deserve to win that yeah, game, yeah, but yeah. it was some, there was something in the stars that yeah. we needed we were to never going to lose that tournament at home we? <laughs> we, ne- no. we needed to win that like the the 2015 semi uh, semi final against South Africa at Eden Park all yeah. those drop catches like we even like we had to win that game like is there any other can you think of anything else uh like that just any sort of sport where you can't explain it with that thinking, one team had to win I was thinking a little bit about the Highlanders title we're gonna as that momentum grew towards the end of the year, you're like, we're gonna just win this title, aren't we? Somehow, we're gonna, you know, and then we get to the final. There's a huge crowd of of guys going up, and you're like, this is just our time. We're gonna win this title. Yeah, it's it's always a way in sports, isn't it? It's, just, it's the story ultimately wins. It's LeBron winning again with the Cavs, like going home, winning one with the Cavs. Like these stories just seem to prevail yeah. somehow above sort of reasonable logic. Sometimes when we start the day, I think. We had a lead of about 220, 230. I think we talked about in our group chat. If we got a 300 lead, I'd be sort of, I'd be sort of happy. And everything, everything actually started quite well for New Zealand. We had a 300 run lead. We had that early wicket of Crawley, and England needed more than four and over. And then after lunch, Pope, Pope was out. Lee's was out. Or Lee's slash David, David Warner apparently was <laughs> out. And then, and then the massive wicket of Joe Root was out. And England were 90 for four. Their best batsman in the sheds. The ground must have been silent. A famous victory was on the cards for the Caps. And then even at T, 139 for four, they still needed, what, 160-odd and 38 overs. And they only needed 16 of those. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, re-wa- I re-watched the, um, I actually watched the, the, the final session again. And it actually felt like highlights. It was from ball one, well, the first over, Henry and Co decided let's go short at Bearstow to like the shortest boundary in world cricket. And Bearstow yeah. just went bang, bang, bang. And then I think they, I think in the first three overs, they scored 43 runs and they scored, yeah, I think they basically scored at 10 and over, uh, won the game in 16 overs. Bearstow, 100 off 77 balls, or whatever it is. And then suddenly, like that, it's over. And I've sort of had, I've had a few hours to sort of get like sort of gather my thoughts uh, and digest the disappointment. That sort it's been of stuff. emotional. It's been <laughs> it's been a long day, you know. You, you know and you've watched yeah. it twice for some reason. I've, I've watched it twice. I've analysed it. I've had it, you know. I've had the English fans sort of getting on, you know, they're happy happy days that sort of stuff. And do we know what actually happened? What 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 happened today? Yeah, again, it's it's a head scratcher, isn't it? Because you just I mean, I saw something today that, I mean, we basically set them the exact same scenario last year in a test match. 
I think it was 270 odd from 73 overs maybe. And we shook hands at 170 for three, sort of with five overs left in the day. And I mean, they've gone out there today and like absolutely massacred us basically in that last session. And yeah, it's just a, I mean, a changing of the times, changing how they're going to play their cricket. And yeah, that's that's how they're going to play. Shit, fair, fair play to them. They did it well, but makes for exciting cricket. Makes test cricket great. Yeah, I t- I'll tell you what, actually, early on, because obviously um, we came out to bat, lost a couple of wickets, and then Bolt got away a bit. And I thought, this is swinging our way a touch with the quick Bolt runs. And then when they got Bolt, I was, I was actually surprised how positive all the English players still seemed to be. Like, it got to 300, yeah. but they, they really celebrated that bolt with it, like, that's the job done. We've just got to go and mm. bat now. And even that sort of put me, like, in the mindset of, oh, no, really, they're going to do this. They're going to have a crack. <laughs> so it is, yeah, a bit of a bit of a um, change in attitude there, obviously. Another thing, obviously, I don't want to break down the X and those too much, quickly, um, but when you talked about bowling short to Bearstow, we, I think, Southie, Bolt and Henry all had their crack during this test at, at bowling short and it really makes you realise how good Wagner is at it because just yeah. the direct five or six bounces in a row right at the right place he's just obviously made look very easy for a few years now and seeing other guys try and do it it just does not work the same no no it doesn't and it's um because I, I was wondering like watching that session like is there is there anything that New Zealand could have done differently in that last innings. And I honestly I can't I can't put my finger on what they could have done. Like yeah. they they, they Sometimes went... you do just you have to take your head off to good batting, don't you? I mean I suppose we better do a wee bit like post mortem of sort of New Zealand and their era and that sort of stuff. I've got I've got a wee we'll start I guess we'll start with New Zealand. We'll, we'll rip the band aid off and we'll we'll talk we'll talk about I guess New Zealand's performance and where where we're heading, and then we'll do the right thing and we'll pump England up at the end. So, so, so with with New Zealand, I've got here that like we scored over 800 runs and we lost convincingly. But how is my question? <laughs> like, and you touch you touched on some of the good points, and like I'll bring up I'll bring up like Blundell as well. Um, he mm. seems to have really sort of stepped up, and he scored like tough runs as well. Um, he's got that 190 odd. Um, I thought I thought going into the series, like our middle order would be under the most pressure, but that seems to have stood up uh, as opposed to the, the top order has been the problem, which is which is normally our strength. But just on just on Mitchell, has anyone scored two hundred and forty odd runs by themselves, but still become a net negative due to the two drop catches <laughs> and the and the two runouts? I was struggling. I was struggling to think about like who. Like, could he get man in the match if we won or not? Yeah, I mean, he probably does get man in the match if we win, doesn't he? Just pure bulk runs. But, I mean, it's just the time, the timing of it, wasn't it? It was just so unfortunate. And it just said, drops drops changed that first innings of theirs for bowled out for 350, 300 to, yeah, the test we got. So, yeah, costly, very unfortunate. But, I mean, we're not in that position if he doesn't score big in the first inning so you I don't know it's, it's tough to say they said that about it's, Joe Root because he dropped Daryl on nothing and 
he scored 176 and was still sort of negative 20. So, you know, Joe, Joe <laughs> Root wins the test and he's the, the hero. But, yeah, I mean, Daryl, unfortunately, is on the wrong side of that. It's one of the real interesting parts about test cricket, because eh? it's five days. So no one ball will ever cost you a test in reality. You know, you've got, you've got <laughs> a, a lot point. of cricket to get things right. But yeah. by that same token, there's so many wee moments within the game where you just look back on it and think, yeah, that's where it went wrong. Or, you know, it's such a contrast in that way. But, and obviously, we've all dropped catches. Uh, it is the worst feeling in cricket. And it's just, it, like, the whole time when you drop a catch, all you're thinking is, how many is this bloke going to get here? And you're just yeah. counting his runs and... It is. It's terrible. You actually feel for the guy because it should be one of the great moments in his life, really. He's playing some of the best cricket and he's probably all he's thinking about is, is a couple of drop catches. And hopefully when they went in the locker room and had a few beers, someone was cheeky enough to tell him he's probably cost us the game while getting 100. <laughs> and um, yeah. we'll just move on from it, you know? Yeah. So we, we talked about sort of selection and I've, I've got a wee... Oh, it's a sort of a bit of a rant, but... It, well, sort of. I dug. I dug into the archives a bit, like in New Zealand, New Zealand and Test cricket since the World Test Championship, and I just want to go through some of the selection issues along the way. Um, so we started off in in India. We lost one nil. That's no no shame. But Wagner didn't play at all, while Somerville played both Tests. Didn't take a single wicket and spin for any conditions. Low key, one of the reasons Patel took ten was probably because no one else could take any poles. Um, that, that first that first test uh, against the bangers and at at the mount, no specialist spinner in conditions that are probably the driest in New Zealand. Next two tests, uh, against the bangers and the South Africans, uh, tried and trusted all seam attack, worked a treat, very seamer friendly conditions. Second test, however, uh, which was the second test in a row at Hagley. South Africa pick a spinner and New Zealand do not. They bat first. This is where the chinks in the all-seam attack appear in the second innings as the attack looked all pretty much the same as the pitch started to flatten out. Probably needed a spinner there. Uh, then we go to this tour. First test at Lords, picked a spinner in seamer-friendly conditions and that spinner bowled two overs in the whole test, no wagnet. And this test, they obviously expected seamer conditions by picking Henry over Patel and Wagner. Turns out, turns into potentially the flattest track in the history of the game. Henry goes at five and over in the whole test. New Zealand's record in that time, eight tests, two wins, one draw, and five losses. Guys, is the golden era over, and is Gary Stead in the hot seat? It's a big, big question. I don't, I don't think Very the golden question. Yeah, I don't think the golden era is over as such. So I still think the pieces are there. I think, I think we've just potentially overthought things. I think Patel's ten for has casted a real shadow over the side for the last yeah, in the media, cool. especially and and in the section. There's a lot of heroes that are sort of commenting. Oh, Patel should be playing because he took ten. But as you said, I think. How bad Sumble was in that in that innings really show is is actually what should have been focused on. Like incredible achievement, ten for. But if another spinner can't take a wicket and one takes ten, that that's that's probably more the reflection on it. So it's a, it's a really interesting one because I don't think the golden era is over at all. I think we can still be a really really dominant side. 
but we've just got to get those pieces in the right place at the right time again. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I don't. I wouldn't say the golden era is over. Um, I mean, we're we're not that far away from being up two 0 in the series, and then obviously everything's different. Um, selections are it's it's hard. I'm not for just picking a spinner because you've got to play a spinner. If the spinner's not the best player, you you don't just pick a guy. Um, especially when if we're not, you know, which is proven in the past, we don't have a lot of faith in bowling them. Um, and that's why. I, I think they'll be really on to something with braces. I think they'll like to sort of pick him to say we've picked the spinner without actually having to pick the spinner. <laughs> um, and it really, obviously, I mean, the middle order is looking pretty strong, but you're always strengthening the batting, never hurts. Um, where we get, I mean, Wagner's, yeah, for the record he's had over the last few years, he still always seems like he's fighting for a spot, doesn't he? Always. Mm. Like, which is an interesting place for him to be. And I have to say, just on a side note, him getting out there and being probably the most fizz guy to field was pretty impressive over the, over the last couple of nights. He was um, he was a ball of energy, even pumping the guys up in that, which is a pretty a credit to him, actually. Um, but as you say, I, I don't think the golden era is over, but there's, we, we want to win this last test, don't we? We need to get back on track. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point about the, uh, the the Wagner stuff, and he just having him out there is is invaluable sometimes. Like he's, I mean, obviously, like we're not there, we don't know, but just from the outside looking in, he just he looks like the heart and soul. He looks like when the chips are down, and he comes on to bowl, or he's in the field. He just he I can imagine him just lifting everyone up when they're all down. Like Jackson Jackson spoke about the selection. I think. It does seem like they're overthinking things a lot. And I don't know whether that's because, like, Kane hasn't played a lot. So he's not having a say. Well, he's obviously, if he's not there, I would imagine a lot of that falls on Gary Stead a lot. So I don't know what the selection criteria is. But it does seem like they're looking at, like, stats rather than the culture sort of side, which is ironically what McCullum does and what, what what's happening with England it's not quite happening with us. We're sort of chopping and changing a lot rather than just going with, here's our 11 guys. Let's first your 11 guys and let's just, let's just go. Um, and it just seems to be a bit of like a lack, lack of identity and clarity of how they want to play their games. Like when I watched that second, that third innings, um, the two dismissals, two guys that I, I felt didn't exactly know how they, how they wanted to play or the team. Like you look at, Latham's dismissal against Anderson. Well, that's that's hit middle pin, and he's he's left. That's that that tells me he's he's not sure about what he wants to do. Um, it wasn't like an amazingly good delivery. What's that? You know what it like? tells me is he wasn't listening to the Maximum Cricket podcast on on knowing when you're off stump and leaving the ball. That's what it tells me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Tommy, uh, you know, friend of the show. If you ever. If you ever want to jump on like that, no, you know, you just you just come on in, mate. Um, but but like yeah, no, it's 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 funny because that tell like it looks it looks to me like he, his mind is cluttered with thought that he's he would leave that ball that's basically canning into middle, and then when I look at someone like Bracewell's innings, and I loved Bracewell's innings at the time. I think I was mentioning you guys, and he I think he pumped broad into the stands. And he um, 
he smashed uh he smashed the spinner but it just felt like he was oh like when he was coming down the wicket every ball like that felt like fifth gear was on and it wasn't coming off and yeah. this was and I, I i'd never have a problem with someone if they if he thought you know obviously we were trying to win which was great but it just felt like the team didn't have like a clear plan on how they wanted to go about it which is sort of like the opposite of england i guess yeah well i mean i, I guess i don't think it's all doom and gloom but if you don't want to go down. You don't want to go to England and lose three 0 I'll tell you that. So it will be interesting to see the team they pick, um, the style they sort of they play, and and it will be interesting seeing this third test. Yeah, that's a good point actually, Lucy. So with that, with the, the the eleven, obviously Kane Kane's going to be back. Jameson's out. Uh, Colin's still out. What's the eleven going to look like, fellas? I mean, I was just trying to trying to think through it. Then it's. Oh. It's tough, really, because of the the top six, probably the outside of Kane going into the series. Obviously, Conway's been batting unbelievable. He's sort of Tom and Toey would have been our two sort of undroppable players, and they're probably the only two that didn't score sort of anything this test. But I mean, you've got to. We've just talked about culture, so you've got to stick with your number one guys. But yeah, I don't. I don't know who misses out in that top six. I mean. Whoever does just is going to be incredibly unlucky, and I think the way Daryl's come on is going to is going to force a hand somewhere where a bloke's going to not be playing who 100% probably deserves to be in that 11. And it's yeah, as you said, it's getting it's getting tougher and tougher to pick that batting order just on more and more guys putting their hands up. Yeah, it's an odd it's an odd thing to say coming off a two 0 loss, isn't it? We've got we've got too many good players and we're down two 0 <laughs> um, but I would, I would, I guess the easiest player to drop, sadly, is probably Bracewell. Um, and you just bring Wagner in, um, or you play this, you play Battelle for, um, for Jameson, or you bring Wagner in, and then Kane just comes in for braces. Um, which is would be disappointing. And I thought that's a really good first test. And um, but I, I think that would be the easiest call as you lean on the players that have done it before and you just you bring in Wagner and you bring in Kane. Yeah, that's probably that's probably the, the safest pick, I think. Um I would say leading into this test, maybe Will Young would have been on the hot seat, but when he gets forty odd and fifty odd, he's yeah. sort of he's sort of locked off his place for a little bit and um there's big raps on him. So I think you're right, it's probably his bracelet and then with the bowlers uh, yeah, I can't imagine yeah, surely Wagner, Wagner comes in now, and then um, yeah, Wagner. I guess they're, they're going to probably going to get all seam, aren't they? Hopefully, Headingley is a bit of a seam track. Yeah, um, it is a shame there. though for Brasser because being you, when you're down two 0 it's it's sort of I guess in the old days that's that is the time to blood a new guy, isn't it? Blood a young guy, give him a crack. Um, but it's also as we've talked about, it's sort of a must win game as well, um, and that's genuinely when you lean on your lean on your most experienced guys. Now's the time, I suppose. But we'll give we'll give England their flowers, and in particular, like let's start with um, let's start with Johnny. So, like for weeks now, all I've read and heard is that Harry Brook should be playing ahead of Johnny. Um, the English are very quick to um, to drop players, as uh, as I've told you. Um, they forgot that this man was the only guy to turn up in the Ashes. He turned up in the West Indies. He's averaging over 50 in 2022. He's now got the second fastest 100 in English history. 
what like that was an incredible knock under pressure. So they'll probably drop Crawley now. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, next to go. He's the only one that failed. So failed in a losing effort and a winning effort. Sorry, out you get. Yeah, it's 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 really like there from the uh, from the Homer Simpson school of coaching. Is the cuts are <laughs> the easiest part. <laughs> they're, they're dying to make some cuts to the side. Um, yeah, I tell you what, and I'm willing to give you know McCallum all the all the credit in the world, but. Oh, Bearstow is walking off. Lees is scoring runs in there. No, no, this is all McCullough. This is a new culture. Right? <laughs> Give these guys a bit of credit. <laughs> They're doing the bulk of the work here, scoring the runs themselves. Yeah, and I mean, as like Bearstow's Ashes hundred was unbelievable when he wasn't playing the start of that series. I think he might have had COVID pre that, but like it was just a tough time to be a batter outside of the of the Test eleven. They were getting yeah. pumped, and he stood up at the SCG. A lot of people questioning him. He was getting abused for his weight, and he just like got the only hundred <laughs> to them. And it was like he's been pretty special as a batter in world cricket for a long time now. So like well, this sort of yeah. is just the icing on the cake in his career in, in a way. And I mean, it's just I mean, the media. There's it's it's blood in the water in the shark swarm, isn't it? Like you get one low score, <laughs> and some bloke wants to make a make his sort of quota for clicks and it's oh drop this bloke again it's just especially with someone like Bear so it's just a bit silly yeah I don't want to um want to pump us up because I know no one heard because the volume was so low but we were all pretty <laughs> big on him on him pre this tour weren't we when you're scoring one of those Ashes hundreds I think you know someone's got a bit of grit about them when you're scoring a tough especially when no one else in your teams feels like they're standing up at all um, yeah that was a special hundred and then yeah he's done it again we decided as 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 the, in that podcast segment, what do we have? Stokes at six and Bearstow at seven is probably the dangerous one two late in an innings punch and test cricket could ask for him. I mean, we got it, they delivered, we killed it. Yeah, I wouldn't Thanks, mate. you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't pump us up too much. I I'd hate to look at that. Oh, we we all selected New Zealand to win yeah. five no one a free series. So. Yeah, I, I had New Zealand I had two I had New Zealand two no one then. I'd hate to look at that combined eleven <laughs> stance and say a few of them wouldn't, wouldn't make it now. We're just we highlighting the one good thing we've done. <laughs> yeah. Um but like speaking of uh, Ash's hundreds or or lack thereof, I guess. Um Joe Joe Root with his uh twenty twenty seventh hundred. Um and I think that, that there's been that stat flying around where he scored about ten hundreds in the last eighteen months and in that time the rest of the Fab Four scored zero, which defies a lot of belief to be honest. Um so what what is it about Joe Root? Why is he why is he so good? He just he he looks like he looks impenetrable. He's just got it at the moment, doesn't he? I mean Blokes have this bit of form. We saw it from Manus when he sort of first came into that test side. And guys just guys would just go through these periods where they just they just look like you can't get them out. And I think Joe Root, on top of being in the period of that at the moment, is also one of the like, the best batters of this generation. So that's just sort of I'm guessing amplifying everything that's going on. So yeah, I mean it's just a pleasure to watch and we're probably just lucky we're getting to getting to see it. And again, sort of seems to be the the vein of today. It's just a shame it's happening to us at the moment. Yeah, so I was gonna say lucky's lucky's a bit of a stretch for word. <laughs> but yeah. 
Um, yeah, it's hard to it's hard to be a guy that averaged ten in club cricket and try and break down why Joe Root's going so well. Um, but he he just looks like at the moment he's playing as relaxed a cricket as you can get. Um, yeah, he's just not over. It doesn't look anyway like he's overthinking anything. It's all coming out of the middle. He's got a big cheeser on his face most of the test. Um, he just looks genuinely a very happy cricketer, doesn't he? Um, I don't know if you said boys seen that clip of him giving away his bat to that we we fella, but that was pretty cool as well. And just sort of that just looks the headspace he's in. He's just having fun and playing playing great cricket, and he's middling everything. Oh yeah, it's just the influence of McCullum, isn't it? He's doing well, everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like you, you said, you hit the nail on the head. Like I mean, like that that reverse sweep off Sally for six yeah. is like yeah. I know he, I know he's on hundred hundred odd, but. It, that's just too easy. Like you, you have to be seeing it so well to do that. Quite and then, some might say. It's incredible. And like speaking of McCullum, and like are we are we mad at him yet? Like are we? Because because I'm sort of wavering a little bit. Like obviously I'm not really mad at him, but having said that, he's costing us a lot here. We've got he's he's <laughs> the one that talk, he's the one that talked to Owen Morgan and got them to turn around their white ball team. And that so-called white ball team cost us a World Cup, and now, and now he's on this Red Bull train, and he's basically like destroying the destroying the Black Caps inside, like in one series. Did he think for a second? Yeah, there's a bit of a conflict of interest for me, guys. I'm just going to start next year. Or what, what, what happened there? <laughs> Is it is it is he at this stage going out of his way to like prove that he's like not gonna have to go easy on New Zealand? He's like, right, like boys, we're gonna BSO you go there yeah. and you just you want this. Don't do it in thirty overs, do it in sixteen. Really show that I'm like I'm the English coach now. Is that what he's sort of trying to get across, do we think? Well, look at that look at that blundle dismissal. Um like that that was probably that was probably the first time it sort of started to peak for me when uh like uh, they obviously had a plan, and it was, it was clearly McCullum's idea. And they all start pointing at him, and I'm like, "Hang on, this is more than cu- this is more more than culture now. You're overstepping a little bit." <laughs> yeah, you were brought I'm in just, to fix their culture, not give them any plans. I'm sort of hoping this is just it's a long term thing. It's LeBron going to the heat, but he's coming home in four years, and he's going to win us a World Cup coaching New Zealand, and it's all going to be all good again. Yeah. Well, that's it. That's yeah. it. And like, and like all, like all jokes aside, I sort of, I'm starting to, I, and I'm speculating a little bit, but I'm starting to guess why McCullum wants to coach England. And I, I actually think he sees it as an opportunity to, to improve Test cricket as a whole. Because I don't think he could do that yeah. with New Zealand. I think he sees it as we can change Test cricket as a whole. If the England cricket team can do that. The New Zealand cricket team can't do that. And they obviously he obviously gets paid more for for England, but like you just see that that last day, like even though it was it was <laughs> we were the ones getting the hiding, like the free tickets, like everyone's talking about it. Um, like that, like they obviously it does feel like they want to change Test cricket and make it accessible to a whole lot of different fans, and that's got to be a good thing. Yeah, hundred percent. Funny you mentioned the, the basketball crom because I was thinking about this today and I was trying to think why it felt so bittersweet and it's, it sort of sort of reminded me it's like the NBA is always good but it's unreal when like you're later the Lakers sorry the Lakers the Celtics 
the Bulls, like those classic teams, are good. Like just gives it that bit of extra something. Yeah. I think England being back in the pinnacle of the game, like there's something about the Ashes, there's something about England Aussie that just make Test cricket better in general. I think that's what this is bringing yeah. back, and I think that's why it's like totally. It's a shame. It's it's a shame. It's against us, but it's part of your deep down goes shit. Test cricket's are way better when England's good. Yeah, I totally agree. Actually, and I think, I don't know if we touched on it last time, but one of the one of the boys um, in the flat was saying like it, it's an interesting gig he's taken when you could just coach these T Twenty sides, maybe make huge money, and just have you know a few months in Aussie living a pretty sweet life. Mm. And I said to him, sort of, he is a, at, at his heart, though, he is a cricket fan. And the coaching England, there's nothing better. He's going to coach an Ashes series. He's going to coach at Lords. And he, as you say, mate, he can potentially change the game. Um, and as you say, Jack, I totally agree. Like, England Aussie, even as New Zealand fans, I think most of us agree. Ashes Test cricket's our favourite form of cricket. Um, so it is. It's cool to see England good. And as we've said, five times and we'll say 10 more is just it could have waited <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think that's 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 a good way to sort of sum up I think yeah I think it's cool that he's sort of lo- it does feel like he's looking after test cricket and it and it's sort of it's a it's quite good timing in a way when you got the IPL rights being bought um, for something ridiculous I think what is it like the second to the it's the second most per game behind the NFL or something stupid like that. Oh, and then yeah. so, and, that, and now they've got um, – and now there's a – the IPL has got like a two-and-a-half-month window where there's no international cricket um, from next year. So that's expanded. I mean, I can see it. I can see it at some point where it's a window – there's more of a window to play international cricket than a window to play IPL. Like it just, just feels like the IPL is going to keep getting bigger – and there's nothing anyone can do about it, but we've got to yeah. look after test cricket. Yeah, and I mean, the, I saw these chats that in three or four years, maybe they want two IPLs a year. Like as you said, money's talking, but it, it's just it's great to see someone of McCullum's sort of stature, and he was getting a pretty good rep in the in the T Twenty circuit, sort of as a coach and stuff. And for him to to turn that down to take probably one of the great the great jobs in the England Test coaches. It's cool to see and, yeah, happy to have a New Zealander yeah. at the helm and, and doing that is pretty cool as well. It is It is funny to bring up that IPL because it's always a tough a tough balance for me because ultimately I'm a cricket fan and I want the guys that actually play the game to do the, you know, make the most money they can and provide for their families, etc. And that that's what the IPL brings. Um, and T20 cricket in general has is, is brought in new fans to the game and, and you know, gave them a lot more cricketers' opportunity to make money in this game, which is, is all you want, really, if, if you are a true fan and want these guys to be successful. Um, but in saying that, it's, it's, there's always a hint of, of the, you know, if you love test cricket, there's always a hint of you that worries, you know, in 20 years, is this all we're going to be playing? That, that was always in the back of my mind anyway. Well, that's it. And I, I just, I sort of want, like, something's going to give at some point because it, it, it does feel like cricket is heading down the line of kind of like football where clubs sort of rule. And by clubs, I sort of mean like IPL. And then there's like, there's, window, there's windows where maybe like we play test cricket 
or we're quite all we're playing the World Cups and we're doing that. I just I can't see. I can see the. I could at some point you can see the end of like like there's all these white ball series going on at the moment. You got like Pakistan, West Indies, Australia, Sri Lanka, India, South Africa, and honestly, like we're all going to forget about these series series in about a month. I've sort of got three notes for the whole of all the rest of that, and that was there's some new kid made a double ton. He's the future. Bubba yeah. Razan's the man, and you think Kane Richardson's overrated. So that's all I've got. <laughs> well, that, that's what we'll leave. That's what we'll, that's, that, that's what we'll have. As well summed yeah. up. Bubba failed. That's what I, that's all I saw from those test series was he's finally got out for less than 50. And we'll definitely forget about those in about a month or so. So what, what have we decided our new segment's called? Uh, is this cricket? Yeah. Okay. I think that's still, what we're going to run with. Title. Yeah. It's, sort of, it's a working title. The concept's there, isn't it? Yeah, it's there. It's there. It's sort of like, is this cricket? Or is, is it like cricket isn't good or is it village? Is it bad? I guess we'll sort of go with. So um, yeah. we've, got a, we've got a longer one next week that we'll get Jack a touch on. So I'll, I'll, pitch, I'll pitch my one to you boys this week. Um, yeah. So it happened in the test, and there's been a bit of talk about like Ben Folks. Um, he's, you know, could be a model. Let's be real. Hell of a hell of a good looking bloke. Um, yeah. Tidy, tidy gloves, tidy technique. Genuinely, like everyone seems to love him, except there's sort of one thing he did that I just want. I want to know you, your guys' opinion on. I think I can't remember who bowled it. I think it was Broad, and I can't remember the batter. It might have been Mitchell. I'm not sure, but it was bowled bowled through, and the keeper grabs it, and Mitchell's sort of slightly out of his crease, and Folks has sort of underarm thrown it at stumps, like sort of the stuff you'd see from like uh, your third grade sort of stuff. And I want to know, are you okay with that sort of carry on? Uh, I'll keep it short. No. No, we're not. <laughs> uh, I mean, and yeah, you see that at a. I mean, you're a wee nipper. You're in year nine. You're at your first rep tournament. You get a bit too excited, and you try and like buy the boys a wicket to fizz them up. And I think that's probably where that sort of behaviour's got to stay. Those sort of <laughs> yeah. that, at a stupid tournament, and, and that's that sort of behaviour. So, yeah, I mean, make sure your gloves are white. And your salad's good. <laughs> don't run a bloke out like that. Thank you very much. Um, interesting. I thought I sort of thought you were gonna when you mentioned short broad there. I thought we were gonna touch on that what he's wearing on the head, which after a few years I'm still not comfortable with. Um, <laughs> that may be discussed for another time, but I'm still we not. Could have a, we could have a full pod of just cat breakdown. Oh, we and we will at some point. That'll be a bonus episode for the patrons. Um, <laughs> but, um, like yeah, what, what was I missed? I had missed this moment. And was there any like, was there any reason he's done this? Is he because even if he's batting out of the crease, it's a bit, it's a bit of a thing you try and do in third grade, as you say, to, because you know that level guys just are batting out of their crease and just for some reason stay out of their crease. They forget you got to get back in. But at, at test level, it, there never seems to be a reason for that at all. Oh yeah, it's a bit. It's a bit. How you going? Like, I, I, there's going to be, and there's going to be that many people that that think, oh, it's in the rules. It's you're allowed to do it, and, and I don't really have an answer back to that, except that it's just it's just village, and it, and it, and it yeah. doesn't need to happen. 
And I, I remember, I don't know, I can't remember if you were playing, Jacko, but um, I think we were playing against uh, Albion and we are playing against Hamish Rutherford. I can't remember. I can't remember his name. Um, we had a we had a keeper anyway, he, and he um he was I guess he was I think he was Sri Lankan. He was Sri Lankan. What's that guy's oh, name? What's his, what, <laughs> what's Shemika his, Rodrigo. That's, that's right. Shemi. Yeah, Shemi. Yeah, if he's listening, he actually see a ball that was below his knee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was he was a bit. He was a like a keeper, kind of like Happy Gilmore. Like in those baseball nets, where he sort of just takes everything to the chest. A walking pharmacy too. I mean, you had any ailment, and he offered about eighteen different pills at you. Oh, yeah. it's actually quite a handy player to have on the side, though. Oh, yeah, he was. It, uh, I mean, it is. sunscreen every week. He was good value. He was, he was a handy. Salt in his yeah. water. He had all the tricks, mate. He's forty-seven he was a, and still going. I never, I never bought the sunscreen. Oh no! Nah. Nah. You know, just you just got to look for the ginger. <laughs> and as you get older, though, you realise it's actually a pricey wee item. Jeez, it's oh, an overpriced yeah. item. Oh, I've never paid for it, but I've heard it's quite oh. <laughs> I've gone once, and it was like genuinely like well into the double digits, and I was shocked. Yeah. <laughs> People pay for this. <laughs> I was thinking five bucks maybe for some sunny, but no, nah, it was heaps. That's that's the thing. When some guy brings it, everyone in the team's just taking as much as they want. And the poor bloke's just ran through 15 quid in the day's cricket. It's oh, <laughs> making a sort of shammy in there, our sort of throwing at the stumps. So he, he obviously took it. He threw it at the stumps, uh, I think Hamish Rutherford. And I'll tell you what, if, if, looks, if looks could kill, <laughs> they, the, the look he gave... Our keeper, and I think I was at first lit, and I've never been like so embarrassed to be standing beside. <laughs> like I just had to like leave. Yeah. I'm assuming Hamish was in a pretty bad mood to be playing club cricket anyway, was he? Oh, they, I mean, they never like to play club cricket. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that'd be oh, worse. I mean, like, so use it. Let me just so use it just blanket out on this, even if there's a chance to run the bloke out. Like yeah, you'd rather no, just you can't do. It. I, I don't know. Oh. Just, do you set, like how do you celebrate? Look good. I can't explain it. Like it's 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 similar to the man cat, and we could like we could go on and on about the man cat, but like it's I don't see the scenario where it's okay. Like if you if yeah. if if, if, if you want to if you want to throw one out there, Lexi. I'm just thinking, you know, to win a test match, you just you're not going to do it. Oh, that'd be worse, wouldn't it? Oh. <laughs> We're just shaking hands after that. It's bad for the culture. It's bad for the locker room. You want to test, but you might lose everyone. Yeah, it's one of those, it's one of those things. If a guy's betting outside of his crease, you put your helmet on and you keep up. Like, and if it's to a seamer, <laughs> you can't do that. You just got to cop it. That's, I guess that's <laughs> valid. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's I'm as right. blanket no as you guys, but now obviously I'm a no. <laughs> so I mean, we we look at it like if it's a buy in the last over or something, it's it's fine, isn't it? Because the batters are trying to run, so they're obviously mm. taking off with some intent. But I think if a batter has like just batting outside his crease a wee bit, and he's got that no intent to force a run, you've just got to let him be. Why we've probably never gone that far is we'd rather look good than actually win games. Well, that's what cr- that's what cricket's about. <laughs> <laughs> that's why that's why everybody plays. Isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Starting today, you will play like winners, act like winners, and most importantly, you will be winners. If you listen and learn, you will win basketball games. And gentlemen, 
winning in here is the key to winning out there. We'll move on to move on to Coach Corner, and yeah. um, I had a, I had a question from uh, actually may not name his name or the guy from Instagram anyway, and I'm paraphrasing, but he, he says that he struggles with just confidence in general. You're a damn good trusting, host. is it? And and, and and trusting his ability when he's not in form. And, like, first of all, you know, I think that, you know, 99% of people, 99% of people struggle with that as well. So, you know, you can't be too hard on yourself. Um, for me personally, if I was struggling with confidence, it was two things. I would put way too much pressure on myself to score runs every match. And also, I needed to look good doing it. I hated scratchy runs, and which yeah. was like, you know, I felt like I had to be Ricky Ponting or nothing, which is ridiculous because I'm probably a lot closer to like Chris Martin, realistically. Um, yeah. But then. Things scale to think about. Well, I mean, to be fair, let's, it's, we could go. We could go. We could go down a rabbit hole. But like, who would yeah. who would like an average club batsman be closer to? Would they be closer to prime Ricky Ponting or Chris Martin? <laughs> <laughs> because. <laughs> Well, let's say, like, you know, okay, let's, you know, on top, top order bat and, and club cricket, yeah. you know, average, average, I would say, done well on the odd occasion, but most of the time not well. I'm, a lot, I'm, quite, I'm quite far away from Ricky Ponting, but am I closer to Chris Martin? Con- some context. Um, pr- this could be a horrific lie, but I'm pretty sure Chris Martin still batted 11 for his club side. In most <laughs> test cricketers, if they're playing club cricket, aren't batting 11. So, oh, but then Ponting was pretty good. Well, that's the thing. He's like Ponting so good. Handy, yeah. He's like yeah. so good that like it's a it's a lot to get to there. But like let's yeah. say I'll, I'll probably I, I think I could take Chris Martin with a bat. But it's like well, you, when you're I'm not definitely so. so I'm def- so yeah. I would say like, I'm better than him with I'm better him with a bat. But am I like am I closer, closer to being to Pon- Ponting? Ponting or am I closer to being as bad as Chris Martin? Well, I, I guess think, would be. I mean, Maybe we clip this for the Patreon, but um, <laughs> <laughs> we're probably going to have to establish who's the middle ground. Yeah, that's a, this is a huge scale. Oh, yeah. well, who gives us 50 50? Are we talking yeah. probably like an average first class cricketer bats in the top five? Is that is that who we're looking at to sort of sort of give us that middle peg to really put you on a, on the side of the scale that you're closer to? You've yeah. got to remember, like, quite a lot of you know, national and, and domestic players come down to club cricket and they don't all do well. Like, we played yeah. McCullum and Jacko Hunter, you know, he cleaned, cleaned them up for, for seven runs. So, club cricket sometimes... Most of them do know, well. It's not though. easy. Oh, look, I mean, yeah, they mostly do well. But, you know, we, I mean, play on, we don't play on the best decks. It's not yeah. easy. I mean, there's no sword screen. We're talking to pure better scaling down to, like, a tail ender. So, like, is a, a bowling all rounder somewhere in the middle there, or like, I don't know. It's a it's a scale and a half, that's for sure. And I and I don't know where you sit, Munter. I'm sorry. Well, well, that's the thing. I guess like if I phrase it in another way, would it be harder for me to get to to get as good as Ponting, or would it be or would it be harder for Chris Martin to get as good as me? And then, and then, Chris Martin is uh, a bad example, though, because from what I understand, he didn't have his license and couldn't take his gear to, <laughs> gear to, to train. <laughs> so he just never batted. Is that why you sort of were forced out of the game, Crom? Yeah. That's, well, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly it. 
I had all the talent. I just couldn't train, for goodness sake. couldn't get your gear there. Yeah. Well, that's it. That's but, I mean, it. this yeah. poor bloke just wants to get his question answered. <laughs> I was going to say, we have got sidetracked. <laughs> I do apologise. Um, um, yeah, I actually didn't actually answer his question. So I'll just – I'll touch on the fact that, um, yeah, I had to sort of scale my expectations to, like, just having fun. And also I – I was less nervous about my ability if I'd trained well. If I'd trained well, I felt like I'd done all I could. And it didn't, obviously, I was disappointed if I didn't get out, but I felt yeah. like I did all I could. So that's, that's sort of me. What about you guys? Yeah, I think confidence in cricket is a really interesting subject, especially around cricket, especially for a batter. It's such a fickle game because you can actually. Like, you could come off 200s or 300s or 400s in a row. Or, like, let's look at Barbara's arm. He's come off 950s in a row. You say, like, he's got to be the most confident bloke in the world and you can still go out and get a first ball duck. So I think if you're struggling, like, when you're struggling with that, you've actually got to find something outside of the game, which you touched on there, Munter, which is, like, where you get your confidence from. If you're getting it from your training and your preparation and you're just leaving Saturdays, like, you've still got your processes, you've still... You've still got your things you're sort of focusing on. But if you're leaving your Saturdays as something you've prepared for, then that confidence piece is sort of taken out of the equation a little bit because you've gained your confidence from something that isn't performance-related in a game where performance is impossible to... I mean, performance is impossible to, to rely on in cricket, unfortunately. I don't know if that makes sense, but that was, that's my view on it. Yeah, I've got to um I've thought about it a wee bit actually since you asked. Um the first thing I think is is the most important thing as you said, Munter, is you do have to be you gotta back your training. You've got to actually put in a bit of effort. Um I think it's very easy, especially like when you're just playing club cricket, you have what, twelve, ten to twelve minutes in the nets on a Tuesday and Thursday and that could be your lot. Um so you if you can, if possible, if you've got the time and guys willing to bowl to you do put in as much work as you can um, and get to Saturday feeling good. And from there, I know this will sound probably sound a bit silly, but I honestly, when if the, the best I've ever batted is when a switch went off at me that just sort of said, I'm going to go out at some point and I can't fear going out. Like going out is part of cricket. And when you were, if you were, when you fear batting, fearing batting and having no confidence is, is no way to bat. You've got to be positive and you've got to, you can't, you can't fear going out. You've got to play the best of your abilities, play with confidence and sort of think, you, you know, most, you get another shot next week. And as long as you've done all you can training, um, then you just go out and have a crack really. Yeah, I yeah. like that. I like that. I think that's, that's the reality is you're going to fail. You're, you're going to fail more often than, than succeed. That's, that's the bottom line. Um, and I, I guess like I I was sort of similar where I I knew I was going to get out at some point because we were playing on spicy decks and I would I would look at it as if we look at like the test I would rather get out get out the way Bracewell went out as opposed to the way Latham went out and I couldn't like you're still out but there was a way like sometimes you just you're more content with going out a certain way. Yeah, for sure. And I think that comes down to like you're gaining confidence from how if you're playing the way you want to, then you feel a bit more like secure in 
what you're what you're actually doing. And if you play in a way that you feel backs your own ability, it's a like it's how that failure is viewed. And if you're viewing it in the light of well, at least I at least I played how I wanted to, or at least I was trying to help us win when I got out, then your your failures sort of a bit less sharp and that success will come a bit more often. How how good technically are you? Because I always think the less technically good you are, the more aggressive you've got to be. Because if you're technically not a great player, you're not you're not going to be able to just survive, you know, over after over and accumulate runs. You've got to you've got to say I'm I'm not technically good enough just to bat all day, as long as I can. But I'm aggressive enough that in that time I'll still get enough runs to help the team. I mean, go back to like Brendan McCallum. If you look at his fastest hundred, um, well, he's he's not he's not going down the track all the time because he wanted to look like a hero in his last test, um, even though that's what he looked like in the end. But he 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 said it that the pitch was doing all sorts. He saw Kane Williamson struggling, and he's got a better technique than him. So he thought, well, the only way I'm going to play, the only way I'm going to get runs is by playing like this. Yeah, and, that's it. Like not everyone can bet like you know Rahul Dravid bet for a day's cricket end up 110 not out. You know there's more of us that are in the camp of sort of a not to bring him up again but like a De Gronholm type that well, I'll bet you know I'll bet my time and I'll get my 50 off off 40 and that's me. Nice, nice. Are you guys uh, anything else on that one? No, no. I don't know how much I really should be offering. <laughs> <laughs> it does feel that way, eh? Hey? Like at the end, of, at the end of the day. Um, I don't know if any of that has actually answered the question, but, you know, take, take some of that. Just try uh, hard and be confident, mate. Yeah, just, just, yeah, just, just be good. Just, just be yeah. good. And if all else <laughs> fails, buy some new gloves that match your pads. Yeah, just, just <laughs> look, actually looking good. Looking good helps, I reckon. Yeah. 100%. Get, get your collar up, you know, collar yeah, up yeah. sort of thing. Long sleeves. Have a Missouri or a Shrey. Throw out your kookaburra lids. Yeah, that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Long sleeves, I've always been a fan of. Um, oh, yeah, that helps. That adds two or five to your average, I reckon. Yeah, how Phil Hughes did that, eh? The long sleeve. Always yeah. like that. Go and get yourself a same coloured skin as you're playing top and put that on. Like, Just get that long sleeve look going somehow. Nice, yeah. nice. Um, right, boys, before we, uh, before we wrap up, um, you know, we've got much on for the weekend. We uh, a week off the test, which is. Uh, Probably good mentally and for our sleep patterns. Yep, yep. Good, good chance to reset. Sort of get, get some life admin in that's not going to be affected by less and less sleep. So, yeah, recover on sleep, recover emotionally, and then, yeah, we go again. 2 1. <laughs> I've always yeah. said 2 1. <laughs> yeah. Look, I said been... 2 1, I didn't say what way. I've been, um, I've been set up in the couch for the last couple of weeks. Um, so it might be nice to get to a bed for a night or two and then and then we'll do it all again. Nice, nice. All right, thanks. Uh... That's us for another week, team. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, please do like, subscribe, follow, rate and review, all that jazz. It's really helping the cause. Um, so thank you for that. Thank you to our guests, Jacko and Lugsy. And last but not least, thank you, Brenda McCallum, for being a traitor and ruining the Black Caps. Cheers. See you next week.